Baseball Money is Fake on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. SGPN is teaming up with Shady Rays for Shady May. Get 50% off your Shady Rays using promo code SGPN and then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash shady for your chance to win $500. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Just in time for summer, the SGPN Store has a new line of mesh shorts. Use promo code SHORTS at checkout for 10% off. Welcome to Baseball Money is Fake, a fantasy baseball podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I am Blake Meyer. Don't mind my voice. I might sound a little off today because I am slightly under the weather, which is why we didn't record yesterday. But got to keep it pushing. Baseball never stops, so I can't either. Here on a Thursday, I like our Thursday episodes because it's kind of like midweek. We could talk about the baseball that has happened, and then we can talk about the baseball that is going to happen because not a ton of people put content out for the weekend-related stuff, so we'd like to make sure we we cover some of those weekend games and some of the bigger news that has happened. Just get right into it. Yuri Perez, the 20-year-old phenom for the Miami Marlins, getting called up and starting Friday. He's a young 20 also. I think he just turned 20 like 26 days ago or something like that. But six foot eight, fireballer, has an excellent, excellent secondary stuff. I think he has two real good pitches. So like two plus plus pitches, including his fastball. And then he's got a, a decent slider, which would be like a plus pitch. So he has some good out stuff. Um, I've heard some rumblings that he is, I guess not really rumblings, from what I've gathered. He is like... Um, Edward Cabrera, when Edward Cabrera got called up and there's the excitement, but he's better. He's better with a higher ceiling right now than Edward Cabrera was last year and this year. Now he can't throw a strike to save his life. But so have you snagged yourself any Yuri Perez shares yet or are you waiting? This is uh, Ryan Gilbert, by the way. Thanks for the, oh, yeah. the Hi, intro Ryan. there, there, Blake. <laughs> um, I, I, I wished I, I grabbed some shares of Yuri Perez. He, he, I believe, was drafted in some of my leagues and stashed on the uh, NA there. It was just picked up before I could. But yeah, if he's available, probably go pick him up. Rostered in 44% of Yahoo leagues, so should be available in most leagues. Yeah, like you said, looking at his, his uh, numbers, in the minors this season, last start, nine strikeouts in six innings. Start before that, 11 strikeouts in five innings. Only three walks total, four hits total in those um, two games. Two home runs, though, so maybe he's, he does look susceptible to the long ball. Uh, gave up a home run in five of the six starts this season. So maybe look at some uh, home run props for the Reds on Friday. But, yeah, if you need strikeouts, definitely go pick them up. Like like you said, Blake, uh he has the upside of Cabrera, even better. So hopefully he can translate that into the major leagues. Yeah, I think one thing is going to hold some people back from maybe picking him up would be like Brandon Fott and the fact that he has fought his way through two starts and been terrible in both of them. But, I mean, there's still time for Brandon Fott to get better. It's okay. It's just it's first two starts in the major leagues. There's an adjustment period. But that's kind of the recency bias a little bit. And it's going to stop people maybe from picking up Yuri Perez because they're thinking, oh, he plays for the Marlins. 
he what if I pick him up and he bombs the next game? That sort of thing. He is good enough that so he's better better than Brandon Fott by a lot. Like it's not even that close, especially like prospect wise. He is a significantly better prospect than any of these rookie prospects besides Grayson Rodriguez that have been called up. He's a better prospect than Bryce Miller. He's a better prospect than Tanner Bibby. He or Bybee. He's a better prospect than Logan Allen. He's a better prospect than Brandon Fott. He is that good. And Miami is more of a pitcher's park than a hitter's park, which may help him. Although I think aren't they playing on the road? Aren't they at Great American Ballpark? No, I think I think they're home. Are they? Yeah, okay. they're home. Have a home okay. stand starter here. That works. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. So there's plenty to like there. I mean, his fastball, according to the Fangrass Prospect Report, is a, it's a 60 grade out of 80 right now with a 70 future grade, and his command has a 70 future grade on his command. So you're potentially looking at somebody that's George Kirby with more strikeout ability. Yeah, I, I'm going to just pump the brakes here a little bit. He's a fantastic prospect. I don't know if he's a, a great um, fantasy asset as of yet. Obviously, he does have that potential, so I would pick him up if he was available in my leagues. But he hasn't pitched past double-A. I didn't realize that. He only pitched in double-A uh, in his two years. And also just had this up here. Um, this year in spring training, he did not pitch very well. In uh, eight and two-thirds innings against the Cardinals, Mets, and Nationals, he allowed 10 hits, eight earned runs, two home runs, only nine strikeouts with two walks. So we're maybe looking at like a, a typical prospect. He's not going to be a Spencer Strider that comes up and you know dominates 200-plus strikeouts, but maybe he'll be a guy, you know, if he gets the right matchup at home against the Reds, it's a fantastic matchup to start him out on. So that's going to be a good starting point for him. But still, I, I'd keep an eye on his uh, susceptibility to the home run ball and mm-hmm. um, just to see if he can limit limit contact because he hasn't pitched against like major leaguers or even those quad a players that are still hanging around triple tri- a double a is for the top prospects it's for prospects to show themselves so he hasn't really pitched against adults yet really he's 20 years yeah. old so we'll see how he does definitely an exciting prospect definitely worth picking up or at least having your eye on if you're in a uh, more shallow league yeah uh, one of many pitching prospects we've talked about so far this season yeah, I I guess I need to be more transparent when I say like he should be picked up and that sort of thing. If you're in a 10 team league, probably don't pick up Yuri Perez cuz I I pick him up 10 team league. I, I I don't know. It's a great I, it's a great first matchup. He had 20 strikeouts in his last two games combined. Who who do the Reds have that, that that's going to hit him? Jonathan India, baby, that sweet hair. <laughs> He's good for a double or two, but I mean, other than that, like I don't like Spencer Steer, but Spencer Steer did hit another home run today, like before we recorded this. So Spencer Steer's heating up a little bit. Cincinnati uh, strikes out the twenty second least. What's that? Eighth, ninth most in, in in the league at nine per game. Ten strikeouts in the last game. So yeah, maybe eight team league. Don't pick him up. Ten team on the cusp, but I think a twelve team league, I, I would pick him up. Twelve team for sure. Yeah especially 12 team or deeper. And speaking of actually, I didn't realize how many, uh, I guess, you know, oh, we're good. We, we started a bit late. We're good. Speaking of Reds players yes. uh, and prospects, uh, we got to mention Ellie De La Cruz is a fucking beast of a hitter. Like we already knew that we had Eric cross on the pod, man. When was that? Our last year episode, I think it was. 
And we talked about that was when end of the year, it was like early September, the, talking about uh, O'Neill Cruz and his comparison to Ellie De La Cruz and how good Ellie De, De La Cruz could be. Uh, I liked that he said Ellie De La Cruz has a little less power than O'Neill Cruz, but he's got more speed. And the part that I think is entertaining about that is over the weekend, uh, Ellie De La Cruz had three batted balls. Or no, it wasn't over the weekend. Jesus, Thursday. It was on Tuesday. Three batted balls. He had a 118.8 mile per hour double as a right-hander, 116.6 mile an hour home run as a lefty, and 117.1 mile per hour, per hour home run as a righty. So he hit and switch. He he has O'Neal Cruz power. Now, to put that into perspective, for this season, that would have been three of the three of the seven hardest hit balls in Major League Baseball this year, and he did them in the same game from both sides of the plate. That, <laughs> and he cut his K rate down. In May, his K rate's like 20%, so I think he needs to be called up, and he could hit Yuri Perez, but he won't be here. He, uh, I, I hate to be the negative Nancy here, but like, look at he, he started off awful in April. April, he hit 195, 18 strikeouts, and 41 at-bats. So for this year, third or this this month, thirty six at bats, down to eight strikeouts. So has got that strikeout down, but still, it's just a still a small sample size. At he is at Triple A, so that that is better, but it's still not major league pitching. So I don't know if we can equate those exit velocities to what we've seen so far this season. But yeah, he, he's on a good run right now. Home runs in uh, three of his past four games. Looks like he he walked a few times last game. But yeah, Elite La Cruz, he is someone I do have shares of. I have him on my NA spot in my 12-team redraft league as well as my eight-team keeper. So only rostered in 16% of leagues. That's gone up recently due to this recent hype. But I don't know when the Reds will call him up. Hopefully they do. But he's he's worth a stash on, on your bench. I think it's only a matter of time because, I mean, right now they're doing the same thing that the Pirates did last year with O'Neill Cruz, and they're starting Kevin Newman as shortstop. It, when did Cruz get called up last year? Uh, oh, catching me off guard. I think Cruz played look, 80 games last year. 75 games, 80 games. So it's June. Uh, June 19th. Yeah. Yeah. So That's typically when we see prospects. I mean, if, if he keeps this up for the rest of the month, I, I, I would, I mean, not keep this up home, homering every other at bat, but like if he <laughs> can keep his average above 275, keep his strikeouts low, hit for power, I could see him up there in June. Yeah. That's the thing with these teams that aren't that great, like the Reds. When you're not that great and you have these top prospects, they either trade them or they're almost forced to play them. Because, like, how long can you justify starting Kevin Newman with Ellie De La Cruz in the minor leagues? Mm-hmm. You, you, and they have Encarnacion Strand, who's got, like, seven home runs in 13 games in the minor leagues as well. Th- those guys can only be in the minors for so long while you trot guys out in your starting starting lineup that aren't that great. So it, it may be a little bit before Ellie De La Cruz gets called up, but if he keeps hitting like he has in May, it, it, he could be up next month and he'll likely, it wouldn't surprise me if he played the whole rest of the year, just like the Pirates did with O'Neill Cruz, call him up and just let mm-hmm. the kid play and see what happens. 
Yeah, uh, it's we're having a uh, Ellie May here, and we can celebrate with Shady May. Uh, Shady Rays is teaming up with SGPN for Shady May. Not only do you get an amazing 50% off, you also have a chance to win $500. Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. They have durable frames with extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. Shady Rays also offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. And for our international listeners, Shady Rays has you covered as well with shipping through to Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and the UK. So go to ShadyRays.com and use code SGPN for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Then take your receipt to SportsGillingPodcast.com slash Shady for your chance to win the $500 Shady May contest. And you already got your shades, so now it's time to get a great pair of mesh shorts for summer. SGPN has just dropped a new line of mesh shorts, perfect for any summer activity. It says here to name your favorite activity to do a mesh shorts. I'm not sure if that's safe for a podcast, but you know, go for a good walk, go for a run, play some play some pickleball, maybe you know, have a good time there. So head to store.sportsgovernpodcast.com and use code shorts for ten percent off. All right, so uh, we talked to Yuri Perez. We've got some injury stuff we got to cover too. That's fantasy relevant. Let's, let's go into the, the name in the title of the podcast. Oh yeah. Oh Jesus one. Christ. Yeah. Christopher Morell. Absolute stud. We talked about him the other day. Uh, he came out hot to start last season for the Chicago Cubs. Really cooled off in the second half, which kind of led to him starting this year at the AAA level where he tore the cover off the ball. I think he had a 1-3 OPS or something absurd Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, And in two games now for the Cubs, uh, he is four for eight with a double, a home run, three RBIs. Struck out twice, but whatever. But Andy Sola base. The thing with him, he has the power-speed combo that's, that's pretty awesome. And he's showing it this year. He has one, two, three, four. He has six batted ball events so far in the two games. His exit velocities on those batted ball events were 109.3, 112.1, 99.3, 73.4, which sucks. But then 106.6 and 98.8. In two games, his average exit velocity is 99.9 miles an hour. Very small sample size. I get it. But for somebody that mashed the ball, at the AAA level this year, who showed in the first half of last year that he can hit major league pitching successfully and put up good fantasy numbers for him to come out and just start mashing again right away at the major league level. There's reason to be excited. And I think he's worth an ad in almost all leagues at this point, just for the upside uh, for the power and speed and the position versatility. Yeah, I can, I completely agree. I would pick him up if he was available in, any of my leagues, um, small sample size, but yeah, four for eight. That extra velocity is showing that he is hitting the ball hard. He's not hitting getting these bloop doubles or anything. He's hitting the ball hard. He's hitting the ball hard for outs as well. So uh, he did bat eighth and ninth in the two games for the Cubs. So hopefully we'll see him move up. I imagine he will as long as he keeps hitting. So um, yeah, eligible second, third, short, and outfield for Yahoo, rostered in 51% of leagues. So if he's available in, in one of yours, probably go pick him up as long as it's mm-hmm. 10 or more teams. Uh, that Definitely 12 teams or more. Pick him up because you likely have a hole at one of those positions. 
Yeah, and isn't he like second base shortstop outfield eligible in most most leagues, I believe? So you can start him almost wherever. Second base is thin, outfield's pretty thin. So yeah, he he's got power and speed. He's more like a, a 25 home run, 15 steal, 20 steal guy. But that's pretty good, especially if he can hit you even 250, 240, put numbers up like that. That Cubs lineup is good. So he's gonna have the ability to score runs, even hitting at the bottom of the order. And mentioning guys that are hitting lower in the order, I would just like to put out on the record that Julio Rodriguez moving down to six in the lineup. Everybody needs to stop worrying about that. Julio's off to a slow start. Should happen. Sophomore slump. He'll get back into it. So I shouldn't drop him in in the Dynasty League? (laughs) I mean, you should, actually. (laughs) But him moving down the order is just a testament to how bad of a manager Scott Services. I've never liked Scott Service. I don't think he's a good baseball manager. I think he lucked his way. Maybe he's just taking the pressure off J-Rod, trying to move him down the order a bit. Who, who, who's hitting one, two, three for the Mariners then? J.P. Crawford. Oh, no. Okay. No, it, it's off. a hor- hor- horrible yep. decision. Put, put, him, put, him, put him back to the order. I, I, I don't think Scott Service knows how to manage <laughs> a professional baseball team. He, All right, well, he, maybe, he, maybe he knows how to manage a fantasy baseball team. So that's He might. He yeah, might. Ho- that's, hopefully. Yeah, fucking better than he manages the Mariners. But yeah, don't don't be worried about Julio. Julio will be back up hitting leadoff. He is the Mariners leadoff hitter. He's not going to be anything else. And batting sixth in the lineup is going to only last a minimal amount of time before people start to wonder why the hell he's sixth and J.P. Crawford is leading off. Should never yeah. lead off for a professional baseball team. Another prospect that I picked up in my 12-team league, he is available in my eight-team keeper, Rostered in nine percent of of Yahoo leagues, I'll probably end up dropping him. Is uh, Casey Casey Schmidt, third baseman mm. for the Giants, had a home run in his uh, first game on Tuesday, two for four with a double um, on Wednesday. Lineup is not out for Thursday, but he hit seventh and eighth for them. The four game set in Arizona, uh, batted balls. He had four over hundred miles per hour out of what's that? Seven battle bars all so far. So hitting the ball hard, seeing the ball well. Hopefully he can he can keep it up. Maybe he's someone to look at in deeper leagues if you uh, need some power. Yeah, I, mean, I like him. There's there's value there with him because he should be available in majority of leagues. I don't have his roster percentage up at the moment, but he plays shortstop. He's got some pop in his bat. Uh, although he only hit one home run in 32 games at the AAA level this year. He's making quality contact at the major league level. And for me, when I'm evaluating players, the very first thing I start with is their quality of contact. Like you can't be a successful major leaguer if you don't make quality contact. So him coming out of the gate and already having those nice exit velos it lends to somebody that has some fantasy value, especially he plays for San Francisco. They got like double and triple alley out there uh, at home. So if he can get the line drive right up, there's some extra base ability, maybe not in the home run department, but doubles and triples score runs and bring in RBIs and all that good shit, just as much as a home run does. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot to like for him and his roster percentage is low. And another guy whose roster percentage is low that I think people should be on the bandwagon of is uh, Louis Varland. Brain stopped working for a minute. I'm still sick. I'm fucking I'm here. I promise I'm here. Louis Varland uh, of Minnesota. Uh, He was up since Kenta Maeda and uh, Tyler Molly were both 
down with injury and it just came out today that molly is now having tommy john so he is absolutely Mm -hmm. not coming back i'm curious to see how it's going to shake out for that lineup or for the starting rotation because uh bailey ober and varland are both up because of those injuries so bailey ober is a horse he it like uh, he's fucking pitching his ass off, dude. So I don't know which one's gonna stay up more. But Louis Varland has good stuff. He's getting hit kind of hard, but high strikeout rate, high whiff rate, high chase rate. Gets good spin on his fastball. So uh, he is playing. Yeah, I mean, he's not gonna light the world on fire, but he's fantasy relevant as at least a streamer. But like in a twelve team, he's like rosterable to start each week. And Tyler Molly being out, he's now a drop because the Tommy John in redraft mm-hmm. leagues. But this does open up a permanent spot in the the rotation this year. And who knows how Kent Amaya is going to be when he comes back. So there may be two permanent rotation spots available. Louis Varland will get one and his roster rate is still low. I mean, over on ESPN, I think it's like 12%. Yeah, if I remember 15, correctly, 15 on Yahoo. Oh, 3% on ESPN. So, Oof. yeah, there's a lot, a lot of upside there. Twins are kind of heating up. So, yeah, I, I like it a lot. I, I think people should be keeping an eye on him. Yeah, his next start is Sunday at home against the uh, Cubs there. So if you need a, a streamer to, to finish out uh, off your week, maybe that, that's a good look there. Um, and we're always trying to find some like, like good matchups, good, good waiver wire guys. And you might be having a hard time meeting great people to date as well. Why do you keep trying the same methods over and over if you know that you're set up to fail? It's your time to say goodbye to swiping and bring back the human touch to dating with Talkify. Talkify is the country's number one modern matchmaking service that is designed to help you achieve relationship success. Their trusted compatibility specialists hand-select successful and compelling candidates so you can date consciously and productively. They meet with you to learn about what you're looking for. They select and screen potential candidates for you, doing background checks, video interviews, and asking the tough questions that are too awkward for first dates. From there, your matchmaker plans your date introductions and handles all communications for you, creating a safe and stress-free dating experience. Talkify is committed to finding your match. 80% of clients met their person within the first 12 matches. And right now, Talkify is offering our listeners 20% off when you become a client at talkify.com SGPN. That's T-A-W-K-I-F-Y dot com slash SGPN for 20% off when you become a client. I have somebody I got to ask you about. Okay. Since you have more insight than me, Jose Alvarado has been such a fun player to watch this year. He was a a fun waiver wire darling for many Mm -hmm. people this year. Out currently with the arm issue. Who knows what's going to come of that? Who gets the saves for the Phillies if he's down for an extended period of time? Kimbrel sucks, that, dude. That, <laughs> that, that's a uh, fantastic question because, I mean, that was even a question kind of with Alvarado. He's been the default closer just because he has the best stuff. But, I mean, there could be times where they used him earlier in the game when, when he is healthier, when he was healthy. Um, I think they avoided the worst with him. I think he just, just has inflammation, so hopefully he'll be back sooner than later. Yeah, it's uh, it's Kimbrel or it's Gregory Soto. Both former closers, both have have had their day. Uh, Soto, what I understand from looking at, he's been very hit or miss. He has, I think, he's only allowed runs in like three of his twelve outings or something like that. And okay. he's been good recently. Four straight scoreless outings. Before that, uh, got blown up with the Dodgers. Before that, had a few scoreless ones. So. 
think Soto is potentially worth, worth a look there. And uh, Kimbrell, I don't know. It's Craig Kimbrell. His ERA is seven. <laughs> also like Soto, it was very hit or miss there. Had two just horrible outings, both against the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Uh, did pick up the win on Wednesday afternoon. I think he pitched a scoreless top of the 10th. Two strikeouts for the win there. It's going to be Kimbrell. Everyone's going to go to Kimbrell for the name. He's rostered mm-hmm. in more than double the leagues of Soto. But if I, if I had to give a name, it would be Kimbrell. But I, there's not much confidence there. Soto is really fun to use on MLB The Show, too. I've been rocking his mm-hmm. uh, throwback all-star card that we all got for yeah. free in the program. Uh, speaking of that program, the MLB The Show program ends today, so I'm trying to get a game or two in, but I'm not mm-hmm. going to be able to, which sucks, so let's have to start on the next one. Uh, but speaking of closers and from our favorite teams, Andres Munoz of the Mariners. The more I talk, the more my sickness comes out. Andres Munoz of the Mariners. Uh, it just came out that his rehab is not going well and it's being pushed back, or his recovery is not going well and his rehab is being pushed back. By a couple weeks. Uh, he is the Mariners closer. Uh, Paul Seawald is the acting closer now. Paul Seawald was the closer previously. He's okay. But Munoz is the better of the two. Uh, if you drafted Munoz, it's tough to hear. I mean, the dude throws 103 miles an hour with a wipeout slider. So he has the stuff. Um, he, he was kind of... Uh, something the Mariners were hoping would inject some life into that bullpen too. And so to hear he's still having issues and will be out for a bit, that's tough. I mean, the only rosterable closer option that's not Paul Seawald would be Matt Brash. Maybe this gives Matt Brash more of an opportunity to try and prove himself, although he's given up way too many runs lately. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing he, he hasn't been great. Got him giving up uh, runs in two of his past three outings. But if I, I mean, I have to, I'd have to look it up. But I think his expected ERA is much better than his regular ERA. He's been having some bad luck. Uh, I know he just gave up a bomb the other day, uh, seven pitch at bat, where pitch number four was a very blatant strike that wasn't called a strike, and then like three pitches later, he gives up a three run home run to lose the game, which is tough luck. But I mean, it happens to everybody, so like you can't dwell on that. But some of those scenarios are are things that are. Kind of rough. Yeah, his, uh, let's see, his ERA right now is uh, 5.40, but his expected ERA is 3.10. So he's got a 42% K rate. So he's got the stuff. I think it's going to, he's having one of those years where the more he pitches, the better he's going to be. And then those numbers will even out by the end of the year. Still think he's, he's a guy that could save 10 games this year. So they're sneaky save upside. There for Brash, especially with Munoz being out, because at this point they're saying Munoz is going to start the rehab in two weeks, but Munoz was also already supposed to have started the rehab. So who knows how long this is going to continue to get pushed out. But keep an eye on Matt Brash. Seawald is just more of a, a closer option moving forward. You don't have to worry about dropping him if you own him, although he likes to give up the random home run, which drives me insane. But that's talking closers. Yeah, if you're, looking, if you're looking for some sneaky saves, you could look for Pierce Johnson is still getting the opportunities mm-hmm. for the Rockies with even with Daniel Bard back. Maybe they'll weave weave them together more. But now I, I picked up Pierce Johnson in my league. Also, I have uh, Mark Leiter Jr. for the Cubs. 
great stuff, good strikeout numbers, good ratio. So I'm having him, you know, help out with ratios, maybe get a save here or there. And speaking of the Rockies, um, we talked about Ezekiel Tovar last show. And as an update on that, he's gone <coughs> over since we talked about that, over four, over four, over three. So over eleven. But but the Rockies are now on a six-game homestand. Then they go on the road for three. Then they're home back again for seven. So 13 of their next 16 games are at home. Play Phillies, Reds, Marlins, Mets. So if there's a time to get the Rockies off the waiver wire into your lineup, it would be now. Um, I'm hanging out with Tovar. I'm probably going to start him over the weekend, see if you can get some uh, some Coors Field magic going. Yeah, uh, I because you said that I might go pick up uh, Elias Diaz, the catcher, too. Mm -hmm. I've mentioned him before. I mentioned him like right at the beginning of the year. Uh, we talked about him a couple weeks ago, I think. He has some of the most ridiculous home road splits I have seen this year. Uh, at home in 15 games this year, he's hitting 396 with three doubles, three home runs. Or, yeah, three doubles, three home runs, 10 runs scored, and 13 RBI in 15 games at home. On the road, he's hitting 281 with three doubles in 17 games. That That's it. So if, they have, if they're about to be on a six-game homestand, Elias Diaz might be the the top scoring catcher over that six game period because all he does is hit, and he's hitting four sixty five with runners in scoring position this year. That's fucking ridiculous. I mean, that so, that'll regress, but like, yeah, take advantage of that while you can. Yeah, like while it's still an option, go for it. He's still very low roster percentage on ESPN. Two catcher leagues, he should already been had thirty three percent rostered on ESPN. So he's somebody that should be closer to like 70% rostered, probably uh, 12 team and bigger leagues. He should be rostered Two catcher leagues. He should be rostered 10, 10 team league, probably rostered this week. Elias Diaz for the, for the homestand, but oh, in general, probably not unless you want him to be like a bench catcher that you swap in just for home games. That'd be cool. Stream your catcher. I think it's, it could be a, a viable strategy. I haven't tried it, but maybe I'll try it. In one of my leagues, I got seven of them. So, I can find one that that it works. Yeah, I recently uh, picked up a catcher after going with a with a blank spot after dropping William Contreras. I picked up uh, Francisco Alvarez yesterday. Went two for four today. Ooh. It's a double there in Cincinnati. So uh, going down to Washington next for a four game set. We'll see if uh, he can keep it up and and earn that playing time for, for the Mets, who definitely need a DH if not, you know, a bat behind the behind the plate. Yeah, and that was kind of his calling card in the minor leagues. He was a catcher with some power. He always had a high whiff rate. He likes to be overly aggressive, kind of Javi Baez-ish, but not quite to the, that extreme. But he did have a very high whiff rate. So the thing with aggressive hitters is there's going to be stretches where it just works. And this could be one of those stretches where it's working for Alvarez. And if it's working, it's going to be hot, and he's going to put up numbers. They have a good lineup as well. So, I mean, even just getting on base in that lineup, you got the opportunity to score plenty of runs. Getting on base, you got a, the opportunity to drive in plenty of runs. And he has home run power. So, he's going to hit. He's probably hitting lower in that lineup, if I remember correctly. So, it'll limit his at-bats a little bit. But mm. I love me some Francisco Alvarez. Yeah, he's, he's about a ninth. But um, for a catcher, you just want someone that can hit, really. Yeah. Uh, last guy that I, I have that I want to talk about because I haven't been able to talk about this dude in a minute. Former Mariners legend, James Paxton. 
the big maple himself is starting for the Toronto. Jesus Christ. He's starting for the Boston Red Sox on Friday. I got so excited about the Canadian stuff. He's starting for the Boston Red Sox on Friday. He hasn't pitched since 2021. And even then, he hardly pitched in 2021. He threw how many innings did he throw? Uh, 1.1 innings in 2021, 20 innings in 2020. So it's been a minute since he since he was up at the major league level and not hurt. His 2019 numbers are cool though. 150 innings went 15 and six. It's a 380 RA. Struck at 186. He's always had good strikeout stuff. He has a good fastball. Over. Uh, uh, see. I, it's hard to evaluate somebody like James Paxton because he, yeah, he has he hasn't pitched. Yeah, he, he hasn't pitched. His rehab starts didn't go great. I mean, if you're in a deeper league and you want to take a flyer on somebody for tomorrow, we're playing the Cardinals, though. The Cardinals have some pretty good bats, especially Arenado, Goldschmidt, both right-handed. Probably kill lefties. So maybe They're wait struggling, and see, though. Maybe wait and see with Paxton, but maybe he has a Verlander-type comeback where he hasn't pitched in a year or two and get, get back to himself because – he he's he never fell off. He fell off because he got hurt. His mm-hmm. worst ERA before that was three point nine, three point eight two. So like, yeah, he could still be a guy, I guess. But right now, I'm not buying it. Yeah, I'm I'm not picking him up to start tomorrow. I don't even think he's stream streaming uh, streamer level, streamer worthy yet. He's got to prove something. Because I mean, that Boston Red Sox pitching, well, <laughs> like they got Sale. Kluber and fucking Paxton now just a 2019 all-star team of pitchers that they're running out in 2023 and we kind of figure out what's going to happen the Mariners fan in me does love James Paxton and I'm going to be rooting for him and I'm probably going to watch the start because I want to see how he does it'd be very reminiscent of that eagle coming in and landing on him at the old Safeco field mm-hmm. uh but yeah fantasy wise he's a, a wait and see he's just there's too many uncertainties to to his game to just throw him out there to the wolves tomorrow and hope he does something relevant for you in fantasy. Someone else that starts tomorrow though. I'm, I'm interested to get your thoughts on is the current Mariner Marco Gonzalez uh, in Detroit there. He's had, looks like, you know, four good starts, one really bad start in Toronto. And then his first start wasn't great. So what do you, what do you think about him uh, on Friday in, in Detroit against the Tigers? That's tough for me because as weird as it is to say, the Tigers offensively have actually been a good team over the last two weeks. They're getting to a lot of hitters. They just got to Tanner Bybee the other day. Uh, Marco's not giving up a ton of hard contact, but he's given up a lot of contact, which is his normal. I don't know. I, I have never thought that Marco Gonzalez is a good fantasy option. I can't even recommend him as a streaming option. A lot of people saw his game where he went six innings with nine strikeouts and got kind of excited about the like, ooh, Marco Gonzalez with some strikeout outside. But you got to remember that that was Marco Gonzalez's first start since his kid was born. He had his he had a child born and missed a start and then came back and that was his first start since then. And that seems to be one of those things. Every time somebody has a kid that's born, they come back and just ball out, especially a pitcher. They ball out for a game. And that's what Marco did. So he he's not he's not anybody that's on my radar because I think the Tigers hit him. I mean, they hit him around. I think they put up five runs on him. He probably goes five innings with five earned runs and strikes out three. And that's not fantasy worthy for me. I love the Mariners pitching. I 
I love Marco Gonzalez for being our opening day starter for all those years, but he is what he is, and he's a boring pitcher and boring for fantasy. Yeah, if anything, I mean the, the Tigers have the second worst OPS in the league, so it's not not the worst worst matchup for him. If you're in a deeper league and you you want to possibly get a win there, I have to imagine the Mariners will be favored there. Um, are we recording tomorrow? Because like if if so, I'll, I'll just stop. Bring, I have a pitcher that starts. I'll, I'll bring <laughs> start Saturday. Uh, Hayden Wisniewski, we've been a big fan of him here. Yes, sir. He's had two straight quality starts, but they were against the Nationals and Marlins. Good start before that, five innings, uh, one earned, three strikeouts against the Padres as well. So three good starts in a row, good starts in four of his past five. Three of those starts were against bad teams, including Oakland there. Do you think this is something where he's going to come back down to earth? earth or maybe was he able to build some confidence up and he, he's worth rostering now? Only rostering 38% of Yahoo leagues uh, pitching in Minnesota on Friday or on Saturday. I'm still torn because – I loved him coming into this year and he kind of, he struggled early on, but he's been good the last few games. The strikeout numbers aren't quite where I want to see them at, but he has the one thing that I love this year and everybody else seems to love. He's got such a gross sweeper, which he had last year before that. He made it his second most used pitch this year. He's in it 30% of the time, 31% whiff rate. So it's above that 30% mark that we like to see for a dominant pitch. The only problem is he doesn't really have anything that goes with it. He doesn't have a single other pitch with a whiff rate above 18%. So if he's not getting you out on the sweeper, he's not really, he's not really getting you out. Uh, but there's still the upside there. The Cubs do still play that elite defense, which does help their pitchers quite a bit, which I like to see. I just, it's not my favorite start. I think if you just want like a run of the mill streamer streaming option, like he, he could be okay, but I don't think there's a ton of upside there. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I have my 12 team. Left. I think I picked him up for, to be a two, a two start starter this week. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he has another decent start there against Minnesota. Yeah, man. I think, I think that's all. I think that's all I got. Make sure you guys are following us on Twitter at fake baseball. The coolest out on Twitter. We are on YouTube. What up to the people in the YouTube chat? Did see you guys. That's fake baseball money. And make sure you check us out on Apple podcasts and Spotify or whatever other uh, podcast streaming option you use. Five-star rating and reviews go a long way to helping us out. If you like the show and you leave one of those, we appreciate it. And we will read them on the show. We'll get back to doing that. Reading our, our ratings on the show. I, I've been meaning to. Let me let me uh, get one up here that I, that I can read our most recent one. I think it was from somebody that's uh, might currently be in the chat. Oh yeah, I think so. But a uh, great fantasy podcast, five stars from Doctor Banner Twenty Two. Very informative with two hosts who have deep knowledge of stats and fantasy baseball analytics. Still waiting on the aquarium background. Was going to knock off a star for them being Mariners and Phillies fans, but no one is perfect. Also was first on the Kelnick call, so I have to give them some credit. A good listen whenever a new episode is dropped. Love me some Kelnick. Always mm-hmm. have, always will. He said a triple the other day. But yeah, so appreciate everybody coming to check it out. And yeah, we see you guys in the chat. And saying, oh, I see you in there. Chat, I see you as well. Nationals don't strike out, which makes that quality start a lot more legit than it looks. I agree. The Nationals are a shitty team, but they get the bat on the ball, which is cool. Joey Maness is heating mm-hmm. up. He's hitting like 280 now, 285, 290, something right around there. He's picking it up after a slow start to the year. 
Uh, randomly throw out Josiah Gray has a, a start coming up, I think. Yeah. It's going to be an excellent start. But, yeah, I think we are recording tomorrow, so we can get into um, like weekend yeah, pitching we're, we're options. We're going to get into weekend options. Yeah, that's probably the primary focus. Yeah, and then I'm, I'm writing my uh, – haven't started, admittedly, but my Fantasy Pros weekly planner, weekly fantasy baseball planner for next week. I It's due tonight before I go to bed. So we can cover some of the stuff on that too. Talk about some of my favorite matchups for next week. Those type of things. Yeah, make sure you guys follow. Leave a like. I don't feel good, so I need to go lay down before I get the kids. But we'll catch you guys next time. See ya.